Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together today. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me. He prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will bear more fruit. You are clean already because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit, because apart from me you can accomplish nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a branch and dries up, and such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and are burned up. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is honored by this, that you bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My commandment is this, to love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that one lays down his life for his friends." You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because the slave does not understand what his master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have revealed to you everything I heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that remains, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. This I command you, to love one another. John 15, 1-17 My youngest child just turned four. Thank goodness. Other parents call it the terrible twos. My children seemed to be fine at the two-year mark, but at three, some seriously weird stuff starts to come unglued inside their little minds. All of the sudden, no becomes their favorite word. They throw food on the floor. They try to jam every single part of their bodies into electrical sockets. Their sister's hair is made for pulling. They decide to unpotty train themselves. They discover the art of the tantrum and the stall out. It's quite bewildering as a parent. Up to this point, your child was the best thing that ever happened to you. But when the three-year mark comes around, it's easy to feel betrayed. You thought parenting was going well. You thought your child was the best, the brightest, and the kindest. But in the middle of the terrible threes, you realize there's a reason they build prisons. You discover that your child was just lulling you into a trap for the first three years. But now, the trap has sprung and you start hanging Dennis the Menace cartoons on your refrigerator in an attempt to laugh. And for some reason, everyone around you thinks it's so cute. You're quite literally pulling your hair out, trying to figure out how to deal with the small monster that is quite diligently tearing apart your home. But the grandparents and neighbors and church members think it's so funny and adorable. They encourage it, they feed it sugar, and they don't believe any of your stories. Why is this? What is going on? What could trigger this? Well, I'll tell you what I've heard. I don't know this for a fact, and I didn't research it. I actually purposely didn't research it because it illustrates my point so well, and I didn't want to find out it was false. But what I've heard is that around two or three years old, the child starts to discover that he or she is a separate entity from the mom. 
For the first couple years of a child's life, their brain doesn't realize that he and mom are two separate people. Mom is just an extension of his body, like his arms or his legs. When he wants to be held and carried around, he calls for mom. When he's hungry, he calls for mom. Mom provides everything he needs. Mom is also the one that governs the day. She greets him in the morning and kisses him goodnight. Everything revolves around mom. But at two or three years old, the brain starts to develop to the point that it says, Hey, I'm my own person. Maybe I can get up when I want to instead of when this mom lady says so. They also now have enough coordination and strength to act on these new thoughts. So they start hurling themselves out of their cribs and they begin trying to fulfill their desires themselves instead of waiting and asking and trusting mom. The goal is to work through this stage and teach the child that while he is his own person, yes, but mom and dads are still the ones in authority. Another stage of the independence struggle happens during the teen years. My kids are just beginning with this stage, so check back with me in about 15 years to see if I'm still alive. In John 15, Jesus begins a passage that is taught all the time in church. He uses a word picture to describe his main point. It's the picture of a vine and branches. Jesus is the vine, we're the branches. God the Father is the gardener that tends to that vine, and together we all work to produce the fruit. But the main point of this story is the word remain. The word is used 11 times in 17 verses. It means to stay, to abide, to not depart, to be held continually. Jesus is trying to hammer that concept home through repetition. He says our relationship with him should be like a branch to a vine, just like a branch, is completely useless if it separates from the vine, so are we if we don't remain. Just like a branch doesn't do anything on its own, we aren't supposed to either. That's what Jesus says remaining looks like. When I think about this, I can't help but think of the one-year-old child that stays just so plugged into his mother. Frankly, this isn't a concept that I think I understand very well. Sure, I understand it mentally, but I'm still trying to work out what it means to live this out. I plow through my days. I create my to-do lists and try to accomplish my goals. These are the actions of a three-year-old charging about as if I own my house. Jesus is a part of my day, but does he govern every moment of it? Does the sun rise and set with him? Am I dependent on him for my every move and thought? Because of the cross and the resurrection, this is the new relationship that is available to us in Jesus. He has given us the Holy Spirit to teach and reveal God to us. He has opened the door to come and remain with him. Jesus wanted us to understand that invitation before he left us. Let's accept that invitation this Easter season. Let's pray. Jesus, teach me what it means to remain. Teach me how I can release control and go back to having faith like a little child. Teach me how to sit with you and let you govern every single part of my existence. I don't want to move without you. I renounce my own independence. I now see it as rebellion, not independence. Instead, I choose to remain in you. A couple questions for you to think about today. What do you think that Jesus means by remain? And take an assessment of yourself against that. Do you remain with Jesus And what practical steps can you take to remain? Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time as we pray together.